Praise the Lord and welcome to our Tuesday night e-revival. I'm so glad that you have joined us tonight and we're excited to hear from Reverend Mark Morgan. Brother Morgan pastors in California and he's no stranger to all of us at the East Wind family. But I know you're going to be blessed by a word of God tonight. We're so happy to present to you the ministry of Brother Mark Morgan. If you're a part of our East Wind family, we remind you that tomorrow night, Wednesday night, we'll be back live uh, at the East Wind campus. And then we're back live at our own church campus on Sunday morning. So I know that you'll be blessed by being a part of these services live. And those of you that are joining us online, just keep on worshiping with us. We're going to keep it going on Monday and Tuesday nights. And I know that this will be a great blessing to you and your family. I want to give a shout out to the churches up in New York and Ohio and all the others that are joining us for each one of these uh, e-revival nights. And I know God will bless you and your church and your home. And I just pray right now as we enter into the Word of God that your heart and mind would be affected by His Word, by the Lord's Word, in a powerful way. God bless you. In Jesus' name. I want to greet you in the name of Jesus. And again, it's good to be with you. We want to give honor tonight to uh, Pastor David Myers and uh, to all the saints there at Eastwind Pentecostal Church. May God bless you richly. Amen. And uh, here we are progressing on with uh, our uh, shelter in place and social distancing and all this wonderful stuff. Amen. You know, I think at some point in time, uh, it's basically about us not focusing on the present or even so much the past, the old norm, but basically I think it's important for us to uh, see where God's trying to take us and what's actually uh, the future and what it looks like and uh, how we can move into what God wants us to move into and be what God wants us to be. And so I think he's preparing us and kind of getting us into some uh, different uh, channels and some different ways of presenting the gospel. So uh, <clears throat> may God help us, and I thank the Lord for his direction. Amen. I pray every day that God would give me an eye to see the kingdom and an ear to hear his spirit or his voice. So I'm asking God to help us that we could see what God's doing at this present time and see where he's taking the church. Amen. And uh, how we're not talking about changing anything or changing the truth, but what we're talking about is how we move forward and what it looks like. And I think that God is going to give us the direction that we need. Amen. So again, I greet you in the name of the Lord. And I've enjoyed uh, this uh, time that we've been able to spend together. And hopefully it's been beneficial. Amen. I want to read to you uh, from the book of Galatians, chapter 3. And uh, we're going to kind of stay in chapter 3. But I want to read one verse of scripture. And that is uh, Galatians 3.29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heirs according to the promise. Uh, I want to I talk to you tonight about the promise. That's my subject, my title, the promise. Amen. Father, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for your wonderful mercy and your love and your grace. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. We ask that you anoint my words. God, your words already anointed, but I'm asking, God, that you would anoint me and anoint the words that I'm about to say. Let it find the right soil in the heart of a person that be receptive to the word of God as the seed is planted in the name of Jesus. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I, uh, 
I, I want to, first of all, make reference to the fact that Paul, dealing with the Galatians and writing to the Galatians, uh, chapter 3 starts out kind of uh, almost like a rebuke or a challenge from the Apostle Paul. And, uh, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently uh, set forth, crucified among you. And then he makes this statement, this only what I learn of you, received ye the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Verse number three, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Now, of course, the Judaizers and others in the church of Galatia were uh, following uh, after Paul. I I read one time in a commentary somewhere that, uh, matter of fact, uh, one commentary that I was reading after, the the man made reference to the fact that he felt like that Paul's thorn in the flesh was the Judaizers, which would follow after Paul anywhere that he would go trying to establish the work of God and uh, Christianity, and they would try to take people back, especially the Jews. Paul, of course, when he went to a new place, he'd go visit the synagogue, he'd go visit the Jews, and he would uh, preach to them Christ. And if they received it, then he would stay with them a little while. But then he would go, his next stop would be to visit among the Gentiles, which he he was called the apostle to the Gentiles. So he's kind of challenging the church of Galatia here. That you begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? And I think that's a question that we all have to ask ourselves in regard to having begun, how we begun. Uh, I've said this many times, the church begun in the spirit. And so if it's going to be finished or it's going to be completed, it cannot be completed by the flesh or the works of the flesh. Of course, Paul's talking about the law, but we're talking even about uh, maybe some religious practices or us uh, trying to <clears throat> operate in the flesh and the spirit of Laodicea of course is uh, that they laity rules or I've always said it's a church that flesh governed and so uh, we have to be careful that we don't try to perfect something or complete something in the, the, the flesh that it can only be done by the spirit. If this thing started by the spirit, this is what Paul was saying, he said who has even bewitched you that you you would think this, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, or did you you receive it by faith? Of course, we know the answer to that. It was not by the works of the law, but rather it was by faith. Now, he comes on down through here, and especially starts talking about the seed, the seed of Abraham, and all this stuff. But verse number 14, especially, I want to call your attention to, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now notice what he says, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So now he's connecting what he's already started out with, how did you receive the Spirit, by the works of the law or by faith? Now he's telling us. He also says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So he's letting the Judaizers know, you know what, uh, the Gentiles 
Gentiles have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Of course, we know the first Gentile, the first nation or nationality was, of course, uh, Cornelius there in Acts chapter 10. So we see the fulfillment of Acts or in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. We see the fulfillment of it where it actually started when it began there at the house of Cornelius, them receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So this is where it begins to bless nations. Now, if you'll notice in verse number 16, now to Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He saith not into seeds as of many, but as of one, into thy seed, which is Christ. Now, I want, you, I want to bring your attention to the fact that he says, we're not talking about plurality when we talk about seed or seeds, but regular singular. There's one seed, and he said, of course, that seed is Christ. So he's establishing who the seed of Abraham really is. And, and, and the fact is, is that Jesus Christ is the true seed of Abraham. When the Old Testament predicted it, when it was promised and all that stuff and all, it is being fulfilled. The seed of Abraham, of course, is being fulfilled. The prophecies are being fulfilled through Christ Jesus. Now, verse 19, I won't go into this very much, but I, I really like this verse. It was added because of transgressions to the seed singular should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So notice what it says, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. All right. Now, if we come on down through here, I want to establish the fact is, and I believe in God for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and for them to understand what happens to them when they do receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, the deal is when he's, I want to establish this. He says there's a singular seed, which is Jesus Christ, not a plurality of it. So this is the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham and that, that through his seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So basically what he's saying is it's through Christ. But what is it about this? Because it's talking also about a promise that is made. Now, if you come down to verse number 26... It says, for you are children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Now notice we're talking about there's one seed, which is Christ. And now when we're baptized into Christ, he says that we're, we make up that singular unit. He says we're one. He says it doesn't matter where the you're a Jew or a Gentile, bond or free. He said, doesn't matter. And so, again, dealing with the Judaizers, he's establishing the fact of that through Christ there is a singular seed and that people receive the promise through Christ. Now, if you'll notice here, again, he says that we all are one in Christ Jesus. And then, of course, our text comes down. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, if you be Christ, Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, this is following after the fact that he's talking about if we've been baptized, then we were baptized into Christ, which is the fulfillment now, verse 29. And if you be Christ, meaning we've been baptized into Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. So that plants us, it puts us into Christ, and then this is the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. Now, a lot of people wonder what is the promise? What's heirs according to the promise? The next chapter, Paul goes into uh, spiritual maturity and immaturity, and the child, as long as he is in 
word, he differs no he differs no more than a servant, though he be Lord of all or heir of things. So the deal is, is when he gets here in verse 29, he's telling you that we are heirs according to the promise. You've been baptized, which we believe when you're baptized in water. Now, if you go back to Jesus's discussion to Nicodemus, it's real clear. Jesus said, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit. Now, prior to that, he establishes, except the man is born again of the spirit. He can see the kingdom. So the deal is, is I believe, or I'm... When you've been baptized into Christ, the new birth experience of of Jesus saying, born again of the water and of the spirit. So when we're water baptized, we're baptized into Christ. But when we're spirit baptized, the, the spirit of Christ is in us. So when Jesus is dealing with this, he says, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit. Now, to look at this clearly, first of all, he says that when we are born again of the water and the spirit, there's two things that happen. We enter into the kingdom. We're born into the kingdom. This is Paul's teaching to the Galatians, the fulfillment of what Christ said to Nicodemus in chapter 3. Now, I want to establish what this promise really is. Because when Paul comes down through here, he tells us it is the promise of the Spirit. He's told us that in the previous verses that we read here tonight. It is the promise of the Spirit. So, when you go back to Peter's preaching on the day of Pentecost, which is the fulfillment of Jesus talking to Nicodemus, except a man is born again of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. Now the deal is, here is Paul, he mentions this to the church of Galatia, but we're going to find it really being fulfilled, where we see the first mention of promise as far as the Holy Ghost is concerned. In Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching to the people. They've seen the fact that there's something very supernatural happening here. He's preaching to the people. When he gets to the conclusion of his message, they ask the question, or they made the statement, uh, we've, we've sinned, we've crucified this man. Uh, what do we do? What do we do to be saved? Tell us what we've got to do to take care of this problem. Of course, Peter's response back to them was, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And, w- and when you're not only being baptized, it's not just for remission of sins, but as Paul said to the Galatians, you're being baptized into Christ. Now, if you'll notice, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now the next verse he says for the promise now he's going to connect it. Him and Paul's going to make the connection here. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to their children and to those that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So when Peter's preaching this they're on the day of Pentecost and he refers to it as the promise. He's talking about the promise that was made to Abraham, fulfilled through Jesus Christ. And the deal is when we talk about the promise, we're talking about the promise of the Spirit. Again, Paul in verse number 2 of Galatians 3, he said, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So when they talk about promise, they're talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the promise of the Spirit. So Peter preaches that. He makes that statement. 
and for the promises unto you, to your children, and to those who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That includes, according to Paul with Galatia, that that includes uh, the Jew, the Gentile, male, female, bond-free. What he's saying is, is this promise is to everyone. And because of this promise and the seed of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, is going to bless all nations. When I read that uh, in the the scripture here, Paul mentioning to the Galatians, when you read about it's going to bless the nations, uh, this this to me means that there's not a nationality, there's not an ethnic group, there's not a language group that cannot receive the baptism of the Spirit or the blessing of Abraham, which is truly Christ and the new birth that we achieve through Christ and in Christ. So when you look at this, I'm thankful that it didn't say just to the Jews or just to a select few over here, but the promise is to all those, even as far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the deal is God is dealing with humanity. He's dealing with nations. I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that God included. I'm thankful for Acts chapter 10 when when there Cornelius and his household, the first Gentiles that we have record of, receiving the baptism of the Spirit, receiving the promise. And when they are baptized in water, that's why Peter went on after they had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now when he gets to when he gets back to Jerusalem, he's got to defend and he's got to give a defense for what's happened. But he makes this statement. He said, for they received the same gift as we, or they received the same promise, because in Christ there's neither Jew nor there's Gentile. So the fact is, is when Peter goes to the house of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost falls, the promise comes to them, they receive the baptism of the Spirit. Peter then says, can you forbid water and commanded them to be baptized? So we're watching the fulfillment of it. We're watching them being buried in Christ. And of course, there in uh, in Galatians chapter 23, chapter 3 and verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I really do believe that's water baptism. Again, that's Jesus referring to Nicodemus, except the man is born of the water and of the spirit. So we watch that when you're baptized in water, you've put Christ on. But when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, then that means that Christ is in you. So we watch the promise of the Father. We watch the promise that God made to Abraham. We watch the promise that is now being fulfilled through Jesus Christ. So when we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus, thankful for the scripture and the fact that says that we are planted with him and that we go into the likeness of his death, that the fact is, is when I'm baptized with him, I've put Christ on, which is the true seed of Abraham. And then I'm an heir of the promise, which means that I am an heir of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the completion of the new birth experience. Amen. So let's, let's just kind of look at it real quickly again, because I really do believe that God wants somebody to receive the promise tonight. And God wants somebody to receive the promise today. So when we look at it, what is the fulfillment of that. Don't let the enemy ever tell you, don't let any human being ever tell you that the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the way that they received it. Now, when Peter again is defending, he said, we know that they received the same gift. We heard them speaking in tongues. I truly believe that when you're born again of the spirit, that there is a sign and there is a sound that comes from heaven. Notice what Jesus says again to Nicodemus. When he gets down through the discourse, then he makes this statement. He said, for the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound 
thereof. And so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Notice he says, and so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. I realize there's a lot of people that would want to argue or debate this fact, but Jesus said, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. What about? About the sound that is going to be heard. If you look at that word sound, it basically means phone, where you get the word, uh, we would get the word like telephone, telephone, or better yet, language or speech. So Jesus said that when you truly receive the Spirit, that you need to listen for a language or a speech, the phonics of it. All the way back to Jesus being baptized in the waters of Jordan, there is a spiritual utterance that comes. It's, it's a witness of the Spirit. It's letting people know that they now are a part of the seed of Abraham. They've been baptized of the Spirit. And so the deal is, when you begin to speak in that, what we call heavenly language, we've used that expression for years, when you begin to speak in that unknown tongue, that heavenly language, it's not just a prayer language. It's not just one of the gifts of the Spirit, but it is the initial sign and the initial witness that you have received the baptism of the Spirit. I want to I want to iterate something here is it's not that tongues is the Holy Ghost, but tongues is the witness of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So again, Paul to the Galatians, when we've been baptized, we put Christ on, but that makes us an heir according to the promise. So if you've been baptized in Jesus name, then that means you can expect to receive the promise. If you've not been baptized, then I would encourage you to find a local church. I would encourage you to find an apostolic church somewhere close by that baptizes in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let them baptize you and then prepare that I'm going to receive. I believe people will receive it watching this. I'm going to receive. Jesus, he he makes this reference. He says, look, he says, if your earthly fathers being evil know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more does your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? I've seen thousands of people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, witness and evidence by speaking in tongues, simply because they come with faith, as Paul said. They come with faith believing, and they knew that if they asked according to his word, they would receive. So wherever you're at right now, if you've never received the promise that I encourage you, you can lift your hands right now. You could bow your head. You, you, could, you could, however, in whatever that you feel comfortable with at this point, but you can begin to ask him for the Holy Ghost and say, according to your word, I ask you for the promise of the Spirit, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and God can fill you with his Spirit, and God can bring you to the true promise, which is the promise of the Spirit. I believe that we're about to see a great outpouring of that Spirit. We're about to see literally millions of people as they receive the promise. I think a lot of this pandemic deal is preparing the church, getting us ready to get this message right here to the world and let people know the promise is still for us. It's to those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So I encourage you, expect to receive the promise. Repent of your sins. Be water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Put Christ on and then be the heir of promise and expect to receive the wonderful baptism and gift of the Holy Ghost. That really is the true promise that's mentioned in Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Expect to receive it. Believe God that it's going to happen. This is the great outpouring of his spirit. And God said that his spirit would come upon all flesh. And I want to be a recipient of it. I'm glad that as a boy of eight years of age in a little uh, cotton community called Kennett, Missouri, in southeast Missouri, better known as the Boot Hill of Missouri, as a boy of eight years old, I was baptized in the
in the name of Jesus. And that night I received the wonderful promise, which is the promise of the Spirit. I lifted my hands and began to magnify God. And as just a boy, I began to speak in a language, a heavenly language. I encourage you to seek the same thing. I encourage you to look at the scriptures that we've used here tonight. I encourage you to study this, but have a heart full of faith and know that the promise is to me. God's not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. God said that it would be to all nations. He said it would come upon all flesh. I want to receive it. I want to open my heart to it. I want to expect it. And I'm going to pray and believe with faith that I'm going to receive it. Amen. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the promise. We know that the promise is the promise of the Holy Ghost or the promise of the Spirit. I pray, God, for those that are watching right now that have never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that have never received this promise. I pray, first of all, that there'd be nothing to distract, that their faith would focus on Jesus Christ, the fact that he is the true seed of Abraham, and they can be baptized by water into Christ, and then, of course, they can be heirs according to the promise, and they can receive as they witness on the day of Pentecost. We witness in Acts chapter 10 and other places in the book of Acts. We watch as they receive the promise of the Spirit, and they begin to magnify God and speak in tongues. We thank you for it, God. I pray that right now, people watching and listening would be a recipient of the promise. I pray that as they begin to praise you and worship you and begin to ask you for the baptism of your spirit, God. You are not a respecter of persons. It doesn't matter what nationality. It doesn't matter what language we speak. But we thank you, Lord, that the promise is to everybody, to those that are afar off, even to 2020. It includes us, and we thank you for it. So, Lord, let the heart be open. Let faith be alive in the people right now. Let them receive the wonderful baptism of the Holy Ghost. We ask these things in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. We believe it to be done, and we expect to hear the great reports of people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost or being heirs of the promise and receiving what they're an heir to. God bless you. Thank you. If you've not received the Holy Ghost, get in a good Bible study. Contact East Wind Pentecostal Church. I'm sure they'll set you up and explain this even further, but we're believing God in the next few months for a great outpouring of the Holy Ghost, and we want you to be a part of that in Jesus' name. God bless. Praise the Lord, everyone. I want to thank you for joining us here at East Wind Pentecostal Church. And we want you to know that if you'd like to be baptized in Jesus' name, we can do that for you today. We can do it here at the church. We have a baptismal here at the church. We'll even come to your home if you have a swimming pool. We can baptize you in your swimming pool. It's that important for us to help you to be baptized in Jesus' name. We also want you to know that if you'd like to learn more about the Word of God, more about the Bible, that we have experienced teachers that can come to your home, teach you a home Bible study. We can even do a video chat. Whatever works for you, we want you to know that we're here for you. 
Also, very important, if you need prayer, we have prayer teams that can come to your house, pray for you at your home, or you can even send in your prayer request here to the church. We just want you to know that we're here for you and that we want to do anything that we can to help you in these trying times with your walk with the Lord. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church and our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.